0: hello and you're welcome to the book club at leitrim daily my name is mary blake and i'm here today with Michal gagan hilda king and orla kelly to discuss this month's book which is house of glass a memoir by hadley freeman orla welcome hi hey, mary you chose this book um I know you said you, it came well recommended, but um, can you give us an overview of the book before we start chatting about it?
1: Can, of course. So this is the story of a Jewish family that spans the 20th century. Hadley Freeman's grandmother, Sala, her father's mother, was to a young Hadley remote, French, stylish, but always sad. And after Sala died and Hadley became a journalist, she decided to find out more about her grandmother. Through this, she discovered a shoebox, which was full of documents, photos, mementos, and a sketch by Picasso, no less. By piecing it all together and through extensive research, she uncovers her grandmother's lives, but also her grandmother's brother's lives, Henri, Jacques, and Alex. From the poverty and persecution of their birthplace in the Austro-Hungarian empire, on to Paris and for Sala, America, She tells each of the siblings' life story viewed through the prism of the changing and dangerous political environment of the 30s and 40s in France. Henri, the eldest, an engineer by trade and an inventor of the microfilm, he spent the war years in France using his fake identity at papers to hide his Jewishness, but while also traveling France, microfilming and preserving French documents before they were destroyed. Jacques obliging, compliant Jacques, whose loyalty to France and belief in, the hum- in humanity's better nature undoubtedly led him to his incarceration in a French concentration camp and onwards to his death in Auschwitz. Alex, arguably the most colourful, he was the fighter of the family and in the 30s he was involved in the couture business. He was a friend of Christian Dior, who was his draftsman, and the artist Marc Chagall. As the war came upon them, he joined the French Foreign Legion because as um, a non-French citizen, he wasn't allowed to join the French army. He was captured and escaped. And then afterwards, he was a successful art dealer and friend of Picasso. Sala, Sala was sent to America to save her life, which it did. But she also went to an arranged marriage and to a life confined to being a housewife. She was estranged from her country that she loved, France, and her family. Her world was small and her unhappiness was great. Through each of their lives, fate, chance, bravery, and the choices they made with the information they had at the time, it's vividly told. It's a story of identity, politics, humanity, and courage. Lives lived out loud, but lives lived just to actually get to live. And really, I think that just sort of encapsulates um, all of what Hadley Freeman did with her family, really, to be honest. So. Mm.
0: Even as you're speaking about it like that, Orl, it's over. It's so I mean, there's such sadness. I mean, it's just you talk about humanity. But we also have to acknowledge the inhumanity that was happening mm-hmm. there. And we like to think it's so far in our past that it could never happen again. But um look who knows? Michal, I'd be interested to hear what you thought of the book.
2: Yeah, I really enjoyed this book. I thought it was excellent. Um, thought it was brilliantly researched and really well written. Um I've read quite a few World War II and Holocaust <clears throat> Holocaust books. Um, but I thought the approach here was really interesting that she sort of um viewed the horrors of World War II and the interwar period. Um, through the four different lives of her her grandmother and her uh, her great uncles, um, and I think the approach to identity in particular um, was particularly engaging. In that context, you know, she uh, covers how each of them um, engage with their Jewish identity very differently in France in that in that period, and it's interesting that it was Jacques the one who probably. Um, clung to his Jewish identity the most um, in Paris in the interwar years that ultimately was the one who ended up dying at, at Auschwitz um, while the others sort of distanced themselves from their Jewish identity to different degrees um, and managed to survive. Um, it certainly raises questions about um, the extent of which I think uh, cultural identities um the extent to which um jewish cultural identity and indeed marginalized cultural identities in general um need to be hidden away in effect to to live in the modern or what was the modern western world
0: yes and the assimilation of the jewish people the importance of that for preservation I suppose in normal times would have held more weight than in Jack's time. And um, unfortunately for him, he's just such a tragic person in this. Interesting, as you said, the way that this story was unpacked. you know, we we're, we're straight in there with the suitcase of of memorabilia, and um bit by bit we meet these old people at the end of their lives, and bit by bit we we visit the the people that they were. Yeah, I I thought it was so such a well put together book and so well researched. And I'm not a fan of mem. Well, I'm not. A f- I, I I rarely pick up memoirs and read um books like this, but um, I'm glad I did in this case. Hilda, can I? ask you what your thoughts
3: are on the book? Yeah, um, I'm afraid to say I agree a lot with what Michal has just said. I thought it was a very readable book, um, very informative. I think she gave, um, you know, she integrated a nice backdrop of history and um, a position uh, with each of the stories of the lives of the four, the three granduncles and the grandmother. Um, and it, again, very well researched and laid out in such a way that you could follow it. Um, even, even though she sort of went forward and backwards, it still clung together very well. Um, for me, the interesting thing was that, uh, it, that this was a story based in France because a lot of the, a lot of the historic Holocaust, um, stories are German or Polish or whatever. Um, And the whole idea of assimilation was sort of something I hadn't really ever read about. Um, And, you know, that if they mixed, if they they mixed with the culture, they were damned. And if they didn't mix with the culture, they were also damned. Um, I thought she portrayed that very, very well through the four characters. In fact, they were sort of extreme characters in many ways. You had Jack, who was passive and... Um, was trusting in the fact that he'd been living there for roughly 20 years and the French would be wouldn't uh, see him as different. And then you had Alex, who was uh, very similar, but much more of an aggressive male and didn't take any chances and knew he had to. was very determined that he was going to survive and live. And if he could at all, bring his family through. Um, now, I sort of, as the book went on, I sort of thought maybe she was getting—I was getting too much detail, particularly when I went into all the fashion stuff. I wasn't—I sort of felt, well, do I need to know all this sort of thing? Um, but then I looked back at the beginning again, and she said uh, that she wondered herself had she been too self-indulgent in doing a whole book on her own family history, and that because of she started writing it in 2016 she'd been researching it for about 10 years but she started writing in 2016 and um, uh, because of Brexit which was very strong at the time and um, the debate around it and Donald Trump being in power she thought no it's it's an apt time because we're talking about keeping people out and outsiders and I think there was a survey around 2018 that said something like one in three Europeans knew little or nothing about the Holocaust So for me, that sort of made the whole reading of the book worthwhile because it had that broader platform of how we're all, you know, we're dealing with immigrants here all the time. The Irish were immigrants in America. You know, there's a whole, Mm. it's not, we, we can't remain isolated in our little world anymore and think it won't affect us. And when the economy moves up or down, this is when things begin to, people begin to think, they are taking our jobs, in commas, or whatever, and causes mm. a whole lot of... Yes. Um, ...reversions, anyway.
0: And, that and it, Im, immigrants are expected to um, naturally detect th- th- this need that we have for them to behave in a certain way. Interesting, We um, any of us who lived in Africa before, we were always called expats, but, you know, people, we call them immigrants the other way around. You know, it's, it's, it's mm. different even the use of our language. And people who are not born in our country coming to live here Orla you recommended this book are you glad yes, you did? I did
1: yeah I think that's a very strong that's a very strong point what Hilda was saying about um you know the sense of refugees and some of the and actually Hadley Freeman does say that that um I think it was it's last year there was a bill brought in to prevent um unskilled Uh, refugees or migrants coming into Britain and she said that that's what my family were when they moved to France and when her mother was in in America and also um, it's noteworthy that her grandfather um, Bill Friedman he actually was also a Jew um, and also he had to change his name and he was persecuted in their small community when she moved to America too so the universality of it is um is very it's it's very relevant now as it was then. And I think she told that really strongly. I like the structure of the book. I liked meeting each of the of the brothers. And it is very interesting meeting them when they're old and then they become older and then they, this full form life just right behind it's like you're opening out. It's like an accordion of their lives. And it's it's so fascinating and the revelations of things that they needed to do in order to survive just to get by. Um, And I I think that, you know, again, that is the assimilation and how their mother was undefiantly, um, you know, Jewish all the time and was able to manage to survive in France, even though they hit her. Those amazing survival stories and, and, you know, everything was so being jewish was very important to the mother but the rest of them and the next generation are not practicing that the, to be jewish is to be is to put a light over your head and i thought that was really interesting and she also says about it that it is a story her family exemplifies the story of what is the jewish story what happened at that time which is Assimilation, which is what what which is what um, Henri um, did to a degree. Um, Prospering, which is what uh, Jacques did. Emigration, which is what Salah had to do. And then, of course, death, which is what came, which was visited on Jacques. So, I just think that. And she was just saying that that's that's my family, but that's the Jewish story, and that's it's very sad. But I think she told it really well. Personally, I.
0: I think she did. And I think as well, although it is a family story, it is, you know, I'd say a lot of people had that experience and a lot of their families. And so wonderful that they can be remembered and they have her telling their story at this time as well. I think it's amazing. Um, I wonder, was she um, particularly kind in how she spoke about Salah as opposed to Sonia, for example. So we have characters here, and I suppose a confusing thing at the beginning of starting out this book is the different names. So they all had their given name, their Jewish name, and when they moved to France, they took a more, I suppose, European name uh, that would sound less Jewish. And uh, so that took a little bit of getting used to who is she talking about again. She does have a little uh, graph at the beginning of the book to to show us who, who she's talking about that I had to reference a few times coming over her back. She seemed to have a very uh, sympathetic view, particularly of her maternal gran- her her paternal grandmother, as you can imagine she would and seemed to really feel that Salah was um, a real a, a very big victim in this, more so than the rest of them. any threats you pick up on that or was I particularly...
1: We're looking out for it. I was just conscious of it, um, because I thought I thought what was very interesting mm-hmm. about it was um, she mentions it in terms of of Salah's gender. Shala, sala Salah was not expected to be anything other than what she was. And I think that um, that all of the way like and I love the fact that she said that that it was her fashion, her sense of how she dressed was the most important thing to her because that was her identity, because she wasn't permitted to be anything other than what um, was set out for her. She had she was engaged to, to somebody else when she was forced to leave. And that circumstance. Yeah. But she did that for her family, mm. which didn't materialize and. I think that I, I the idea that th- this woman really gave her life for the for the next generations. I think that's I think that's a very true story. I think that happens now. I think it's been happening for generations. So if she, if that's considered kind, mm, I, yeah. I I would say she was then. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. I suppose Salah was the baby in the family. They had lost children, another girl at birth or as a very young baby. And I think the brothers, this was their way of saying, let's look after Salah. Let's, let's, and this is the way you look after somebody in the situation like this. You get them the hell out of Dodge, you know? And so I think, but I think a part of her didn't, didn't, kind of said, I never asked for this. I didn't want this. I want to be this French woman in Paris I don't want to be this Jewish woman in America Hilda
3: yeah totally uh, I, I don't know I felt a sense of anger rising in me with Alex because he lied to her completely mm-hmm. he told her she was going to go over to a millionaire he was in the fashion business that she was saving them by going um, so I really never forgave him for that and uh, she was miserable all her life because the only place she wanted to be was Paris. She had left her true love. And, um, you know, he saved his mother, who was twice her age and Mm -hmm. never spoke French, always spoke Yiddish. Uh, He was able to bring her to Cannes, you know, and he he, he didn't deal with it in his memoir either, which meant he did actually Mm -hmm. feel guilty about it which, you know, I'm glad. But yeah, no, and I just felt um, she never had a choice. It was never a choice of hers to go. He, he he imposed it on her and wouldn't support her when she offered to come back even. Um, mm-hmm. And it was all for her good. I don't really believe, I don't know what was behind it. I know she was delicate and all the rest, but I felt he could have he had such contact um, with all the powers that be and everything else and he did it for his mother and Sonia was brilliant as well so mm-hmm. Michal, have Michal. Bit, an issue there go ahead Michal
2: yeah I suppose it's historically the, the fate of, of a lot of women in, in yeah. some sense um, sort of um, essentially married off by men when men had that level of control and that degree of control as well um, so I think that sort of, it probably rings true to the story of a lot of, of women at that time who weren't really allowed to make their own decisions and to forge their own own path, even in such dire circumstances, um, as as she was undoubtedly uh, facing. Um, I think, yeah, I would say that um, it, really, it really rings true that even in that circumstance, the, the lads all had the opportunity to... Um, to remain free insofar as they made their own decision, but it seemed like Salah's decision was made for her.
0: Totally. Mm -hmm. I wonder, could she have, I mean, to say that Alex lied about the the wealth of this guy she was being married off to, surely was that her motivating factor for going over? Did she like the idea of being a rich wife or? or, No, no, no.
3: She had no choice, she had absolutely no choice. Yeah, that was bottom line, no.
1: Yeah. But she was there, saving her she, family. She, she was saying she would save her family. And I okay. think that was a that that was a, one of the biggest things and that was the reason. And she was bullied into doing it um by Jack, backed up by Henri as well as Sonia, um, at that point. And um, no, I think it was just purely for that. And the reality of what she faced was very obvious when she arrived there. And it wasn't that Bill was a bad man, but the deal was done between men. Um, And it was to save her family. And then it turns out he doesn't have enough money to save her family. If that was ever the deal, that's the interesting thing that we don't know. That's the thing, you know, so.
0: Interesting. You mentioned Sonia there, another really great, strong female uh, character in this um in in this family life and i really liked Sonia actually i thought she was fantastic and smart and she she was a real survivor as well you know she made up the false identity cards and she gave her costume jewelry to a guard to avoid being um taken prisoner and everything so i really thought Sonia was a fantastic mm-hmm. character and that seemed to be very much uh, sonia and henry had a really love marriage i think. It really did seem to be a genuine... Where Bill... Salah never was interested in in loving Bill. It, it seemed that she just didn't love him. So um, I thought Sonia and Henry... And they looked after everybody. They looked after Mila after uh, Jacques was killed. And they looked after the, the mom. This crazy mom that sounds so stubborn and... Um how she survived the whole thing is so impressive, you know, go, going around grumbling, speaking Yiddish and Polish. And that was it. And, you know, so, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Um, the, I, the way they identified, they never identified as Polish. And I don't know. It, 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 so they identified as Jewish first and then French So I thought it was interesting that, you know, even Sala, the youngest, was 15 when she left Poland. And they really never wanted to acknowledge that birthright, you know, that they were Polish and always sold themselves themselves as French
2: people. Michal? Um, Yeah, well, I suppose, why would they? Um, In a way, because Mm. um, they were born into the Austro-Hungarian Empire, so Poland didn't really exist per se, Um, at the point where Polish national identity started to solidify, they were essentially the victims of Polish nationalism. So the pogroms seem to have started after the disintegration of the Austro-Hungarian Empire. So the idea that they would have identified as Polish, I think. um, They never would have, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, If they had to identify, I'd imagine with their homeland, it would have been more in the context of of Austria, Hungary. Yeah, um, I imagine, anyway.
0: Yeah, and even the pogroms, I I believe um, there was even a pogrom in Limerick in 1904, can you believe? Did you know, any of you know about that? I just came across that, a priest, Father John Craig, um, between 1904 and 1906, got rid of some Jewish people in, in Ireland, because I suppose we like to think that we could never have this um, capacity for hatred in us, that, you know, that we could do this. But this this happened even, there was a program in Limerick that I thought just was, was interesting. Yes, um, Orla, I'll come back to you, anything else that you think we should discuss on this?
1: Well, sorry, the other thing just to say about that is interesting about that in Limerick, but it also just shows that the persecution of the Jews is not ju- it didn't just start, which I think a lot of people just think, oh, it's just the Holocaust. I mean, this has been going on for, you know, a, a, a lot longer than that. So I thought that and I think that she I think she she um she cap captures that quite well um in that sense that this is something that's and the ease with which people um can can be anti-Semitic and, and they're not aware of it or, you know, pretending to be not aware of it. I think I think she captured that very well and she captured that very well throughout um throughout the, throughout the book in the telling of their stories. I mean, I suppose we will be a bit remiss if we don't talk about Alex. I mean, Alex was certainly the the. I mean, he was quite a, you know, he was quite, he's quite a larger than life character. And also she got so much of her information, um, which enabled her then to do all of her research or helped her in her research, was through his unpublished memoir. Um, I like the fact that she found, when she found, when she got the first copy of it, there was sections that was about 12 pages missing and then it was found with the 12, another 12 pages in. So it's very interesting, but it formed the basis for a lot of the stories um, and to be able to talk about, you know, Story, the story, the part where Jacques comes comes home um, from the French concentration camp to see his daughter born and then returns. And that's and that's a verified story. She I mean, it's interesting because I like that with him. I suppose I'm jumping a bit now, but just to talk about Alex is that sense is that he came across as a character. She presents him as somebody as sort of a. A sort of a bombastic guy that you don't he tells stories and in family lore nobody sort of believed him because this is what Alex does and when she sort of investigated it through the stories that he was telling in his memoir it 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 it, it sort of bore out the majority of the stories um were true and that's from the extensive research and of the type of person that he was so I think and the life that he lived was um uh, very determined to be to live, to to have a life, to have a chance of a life, and um, even you know, and I think that poverty of his, of the youth, and that incident of the pogroms before, um, they moved to out of that area. Really, I think it seems that that's the thing that he said that drove him, um, and for him to go from that to becoming a friend of Picasso, to running uh, art galleries, to jumping out of, um, I have to say, I was thinking, um, that if if this was a novel and he tells me that uh, it he was jumping out of a train, new no skylight and landing, I would say that's just unbelievable. But mm-hmm. clearly Amazing. not, you know, so he, he had a fabulous life and a real sort of will to live. Again, like Hilda, um, I felt strong anger and held it against him and still do um, about, about Salah because Sonia was so strong, Henri's wife, even though they didn't like each other. Um, and so was on they were able to get fake papers and I understand that you can only do so much but I I, I couldn't yeah. understand why they couldn't extend that to Salah but that's just and, the deal that had to be done maybe. Yeah. You know. And interesting that Alex always
0: disliked hated Sonia and Mila mm. actually these two sisters-in-laws really hated them and the writer said that Danielle which is um, Henry and Sonia's daughter really when she meets her now she says oh that Alec he was an obnoxious man whereas because um, the writer's mother had a good relationship with Alec she didn't have that passed down to her to the same extent you know so I think he was terribly unreasonable to his sisters in law and really not a whole lot of justification for
1: it I didn't think I think he thought they were ugly (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he was. And they weren't quite, worthy uh... of his brothers. Mm.
0: Yeah, a, a, a dumpy polax or something he called them. You know, it was yeah. it was quite incredible. But even in the pictures, which is so nice to see actual pictures in a book. Oh, it's always so lovely. And, um, you know, I'm looking at these women and I think they look exactly like Sala and You know, just as beautiful as Sala And I don't see why they're they're considered um, so offensive. And Alec was a very driven man and sounds like he was very well liked by the upper echelon of society. He he was able to position himself very well with um, important people. Hilda?
3: Yeah, he was, I mean, from the outset, he was very clever about his whole strategy. And, uh, you know, to he, he was refused to join the French Legion, Legion because it was full of... Um, uh, Franco's pe- people and uh, uh, all sorts of uh, mismatches, and they didn't want him. And uh, he got in anyway. And he he wanted to get in so that he would have um, this to stand to him. I fought on French soil, and mm-hmm. by God, it did stand to him because he inveigled himself or Pere, the general in in um, in charge of and uh, clearing the Jews and uh, against the resistance. He was able to call on him so many times it was unbelievable how he got away with it because perry was put forward as um so you know he was uh, um the guard for patin and um he was in charge of clearing all the jews and he was in charge of um checking out all the french resistance and here was alex who was both a jew and in the french resistance and he was able to get perry mm. to um sort him out several times and um, it was all because Perry identified with him as a French soldier and Perry didn't want um, France infiltrated by uh, Germans and the wrong sort of people so somebody like Alex who was uh, being nationalistic for him was was um, in his favor so he was he was an amazing character really Alex He, he he had great gumption and wasn't there a time in uh, Cannes? I mean, he, he nearly invented his life again in Cannes as it was in Paris. Mm-hmm. He started up his um, couture and he was making... And, and he, we don't know, did he make um, uniforms for the Germans, but there was all mm-hmm. this possibility. And for him, getting on was the, you know, who you knew, he said, who you knew was much more important than what you knew. And, like I he mean, was a survivor, imagine, yeah. Imagine having the audacity to... At the nightclub to sort of say tell the band to stop playing this German thing and and the guy says you know there's Gestapo's here and he says I don't care I don't want this and mm. your man comes up to him with a gun and he tells him to go f off you know <laughs> amazing <laughs> and yeah, like yeah. you know he and he shouts yes I am a Jew you know I mean he he had amazing if 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 we can believe it all and she seems to have backed it up so it, it was just it really mm. is um, film worthy all of that you can see it all being you know, so dramatic that character Alex is so well. The person Alex, because he's not a character, is so yeah.
0: dramatic um, is you, that it, it's, it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget that Alec is is a real person sometimes because his life is just, as you say, Hilda. It's just like a movie unfolding mm-hmm. in front of you. Mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting as well. The writer mentions in passing um, fetishizing grief and pain and how um, film and for, for people like me who haven't studied history and as a young person, to my shame, slept during history class until I could get out of it. Um, my knowledge of the Holocaust and my knowledge of most historical events are through movies, TV shows, documentaries. And she did mention um, fetishizing grief. And I thought it was an interesting, an interesting take because without those kind of, entertainment ways of educating people like me I really would know even less does anybody have anything to come in on that or my own my own there <laughs> yeah I just thought I'd mention it because there was another thing that she mentioned as well about um that transgenerational trauma that has passed on um or the epigenetics I think it's something that uh, there has been studies done on even with our own history with the great hunger and how it affects us going forward even can change your dna the trauma that your grandparents would have suffered and she said that she knows this to be true from knowing her her relations rather than the scientific side of it so they were just two things that jumped out at me when she um, when i read them um have we covered everything we all have you anything else to add or any of you jump in
2: I think it's just interesting, sorry, mate. Um, just on the second point that you made there about transgenerational grief mm-hmm. and pain. Um, when you look or you consider that from the point of view of the Jewish people, I suppose um, it's brought home um, much more because I suppose the, Jew- the Jewish people have been sort of the eternal outsiders wherever they've been in Europe for um, in more than a millennium, really. Um, you can go back to um, Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice uh, and you find the character of Shylock. Shylock. Yeah, who is a a stereotype um, of the sort of, you know, money-grubbing Jewish character. um, And he is um, reviled by everyone in the story. Um, And he is given that great monologue where he points to his humanity uh, but in the overall context of the story, he is still reviled. Um, he's still the villain of the story. Yes. Um, you can go back to medieval England. The Jewish people were um, essentially persecuted by King Edward I, and their properties were taken to finance his wars. Um, so I suppose throughout throughout history, um, that has to have been the case for almost every generation of Jewish people. Mm. Um yeah that's true
0: yes and even shylock's punishment was that he would have to leave his faith wasn't it or become christian or something it was his punishment you know so so yeah interesting it 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 was a very good book in my opinion Mm. i really did enjoy it i found it hard work at times i really I, i did find myself going back on chapters a few times and saying let me figure out who we're talking about again here but that you know that could be more me than the book to be fair but um I thought it was extremely readable and um not preachy at all I didn't find it preachy or judgy in any way I thought she told a very fair story seen as as it was a family story and very personal to her yeah so you all pretty much enjoyed the book well
3: enjoy the so. hard word. Yeah, it is. I, I think the the um the the feeling I got towards you know overall was sort of that for Jews they'll always be looking over their shoulder, they'll never mm-hmm. feel safe, you know, it's worldwide, it's not just this time, that time. There's always that feeling. Yeah. And then she she reflected that in saying about the the family all only had one child because they didn't want mm-hmm. she felt they didn't want to bring children into the world because they couldn't protect them. Um, And the fact that all her family had assimilated and they're not practicing Orthodox Jews is a telling story in itself.
1: And
0: as well, how the different personality types of these siblings affected their outcomes. I thought that was very interesting as well. You know, that, that, you know, the the tough little fighters the kid who was stealing meatballs as a kid was the guy who grabbed his opportunities and made his opportunities and the one who just took what was going unfortunately didn't survive the the, um that time in France I don't think I think France came out quite poorly in it and Poland you know you did I, I suppose as I think Hilda said earlier really we always associate this story with a German setting and it was interesting to see see how the french people kind of denounced their own as well Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah. look at it's grim reading too when you think of it but it it told well as a family saga so i would certainly recommend it to people who haven't read it if we haven't spoiled it (laughs) if you've listened if you've listened to this much we probably spoiled it but i certainly will be recommending it Anything new? What? Anything else that you've had time to read or recommend, guys? Or have you been busy with this book?
3: Busy with that book, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, same. It nearly took my whole month. Yeah. 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 Same as that, yeah. Yeah, great. So that brings us on to our next month's book choice. Or Yes,
1: it's me again, and um, I. I sort of agonised over this because, particularly, um, you know, when you're going from from a memoir, as I, I mean, enjoyable is not the well, it is enjoyable. I I, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Those those people are very uh, very alive to me now, and um, and uh, so I I appreciated and enjoyed it a lot. But I'm going to a tougher one, but Mary, this is something that you're. I think you're going to be pleased about the book that I've chosen is Shuggy Bain by Douglas Stewart. Um, yes. And this was the winner uh, last year of 2020's um, Booker Prize, and it's a debut yeah. novel. Another debut, Hilda. Um, yeah, <laughs> we seem to do We're a lot of then. that in, un, unintentionally. I did. I sort of did think that maybe I should pick something else, but um, it's 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 hard when you want to. But anyway, I'll hard. just give you I'll give you a quick overview of the um, of the story. Um, Glasgow is dying, and good families must grift to survive. Agnes Bain has always expected more from life. She dreams of greater things, a house with its own front door and a life bought and paid for outright, like her perfect but false teeth. But Agnes is abandoned by her philandering husband and soon she and her three children find themselves trapped in a decimated mining town. As she descends deeper into drink, the children must try their best to save her, yet one by one they must abandon her to save themselves. It is her son Shuggy who holds out hope the longest. Shuggy is different, fastidious and fussy. He shares his mother's sense of snobbish propriety. The miners' children pick on him and adults condemn him as no right. Excuse my Scottish accent. But Shuggy (laughs) believes that if he tries his hardest, he can be normal like the other boys and help his mother escape the hopeless place. So that's Shuggy Bane. Doesn't sound all fun, but it's got great reviews. um I it, it's been on my list for a while um so yeah that's Shuggy Bain
0: Shuggy Bane. and or- Orla is still delivering books and sending out books if anybody wants to ring her find her on Facebook or phone her she'll search out with that book or any book you're interested in on our recommendations so yeah Shuggy Bane it is so we're off to Glasgow for the next one yes <laughs> this is as close as we get to going away guys we were, to, like, we were, in, we were in Paris and now we're going to Glasgow so um, yeah, it, yeah. yeah. so we're looking forward to that so thank you all very much for listening in to Leitrim Daily the book club and talk to you next month